Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And we're having a bit of a time doing the podcast today. We'll push through, but there is a dead body (laughs) in the corner of the studio that was murdered in front of our eyes yesterday. And we're just trying to ignore it. So typically the spill is your daily entertainment fix, as we say at the top of your show. But today it is also a true crime podcast <laughs> because yesterday while we were recording, there was a murder. It was a moth, which Laura at the time <laughs> named John, a callback <laughs> to yesterday's topic. And his body is still on the ground. I can see it right now. Oh, you can? It's very distracting. And if I get emotional during the show, just know I'm thinking of John. Well, pushing through that and the dead body in the room. Today we are talking about Blake Lively, who is not dead, but who is... (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make things clear. Disclaimer. I didn't want to segue into anything weird. She's starring in a big new movie that is highly anticipated. There have been waves and waves of backlash against her and the movie itself. The author of the books has come out and we've got to get into some stuff around movies based on books, fandoms and celebrities who have actually had to apologise for movies they've been in. So we're going to get into that. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gosh? I want more headlines. So yesterday, the BET Awards, celebrating black entertainers in music, TV, film and sport, took place in Los Angeles, with the biggest winners of the night being SZA and Beyonce, who both took home three awards, including a tied win for Album of the Year, where their 22 albums, SOS and Renaissance, were both declared the winners. This extends Beyonce's title as the most decorated act in BET Awards history, with 35 wins. Buster Rhymes was also honoured with a Lifetime Achievement Award and other big winners included Black Panther, Wakanda Forever winning Best Movie and its star Angela Bassett winning Best Actress. The night also honoured 50 years of hip-hop with a melody performance and celebrated the life of Tina Turner with a tribute performance from Patti LaBelle. It was actually a bit of a roller coaster with the crowd dancing so much to Simply the Best that LaBelle couldn't see the teleprompter and so she stumbled over a couple of words. Thankfully, she pulled it back in the end, though. Over the weekend, Kim Kardashian took some time out of being a busy actual actor on the New York set of American Horror Story Season 12. Stop shaking your head, Laura Brodnick. She is an actor now. I know this is a serious situation that we're talking about here, but she's not an actor. 
and obviously I have high stakes in this because I love this show and I'm really committed to the storylines and the mm-hmm. actors and the characters, but she's playing herself essentially is what we've got from this, which is fine. She can do that. I'm happy with her. Like, the stunt casting, that's fine. She's not an actor. Well, actor or not, oh. I'm team actor. She took some time out from that to conduct a Q&A with fans on Twitter. So she tweeted... Hi guys, I'm on the set of American Horror Story and we have some time between shots. What are you all up to? And then she went on to respond to a bunch of fan questions, which usually this would be fine, a complete non-story or even just like a nice one for the fans that were stoked to be engaging with her. But instead, Kim ended up pissing off a large proportion of people who work in entertainment. This is because in May, thousands of members of the Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers went on strike, protesting to increase funding and job security for the people who write all of our favourite shows. So among the thousands of replies to her tweets were comments like, I'm picketing Kim from loot actor Joel Kim Booster, and the top reply was striking in support of my union from Jesse McLaren, who is a writer who's worked on the Oscars and the Emmys. American Horror Story is one of the last remaining scripted shows in production on the US's East Coast, especially as these protests have been set up at various sets, forcing many to pause production. Protesters at the American Horror Story set have also tweeted videos of Kim crossing their picket line to go to work and accused show creator Ryan Murphy of threatening to blackball anyone who refused to work, which he's denied, it has to be said. But while there is talk of an upcoming actors strike in solidarity with the writers, but currently SAG-AFTRA's members, that's the Actors, Musicians, Broadcasters Union, is not currently striking, although that is likely to change soon. And therefore, there is no obligation for actors such as Kim Kardashian to stop working. Shutting down production of American Horror Story would be up to creator and showrunner Ryan Murphy. But all of this begs the question, Laura, is Kim Kardashian... A terrible person. <laughs> that's wow, what I didn't know saying. that's what you were going. Yeah, she's <laughs> definitely copped the most backlash around this out of a lot of other people who have been outed for working. And I'm in two minds about that. My first kind of thought is that when you have that level of fame and a mm. brand like that and you put it out there to the world that you are doing something that is going against this industry that you join, that is going against what everyone else is doing that could potentially harm the writers who are striking and all the people around them who have given up like a lot of their own career, their own work, their own money to protest and picket in the hopes of kind of keeping their industry going. Mm. Going against that, there's got to be some form of consequences. But on the other hand, as you were saying with your explainer, the set is still working and she is obligated to work under contract. And the Screen Actors Guild, even though they are supporting all of their performers who are also picketing in support of the writers, they're not officially on strike, although they have recently voted to allow their guild to push a strike forward. Mm -hmm. So it's only a matter of time before we have no writers and no actors working. And so the other part of that is that it's not solely her responsibility to shut down this production. You know, Emma Roberts is working, a lot of the other different people. Um, I guess the thing is they're not alerting people in this cheery tweet. And some people saying like, it's not Kim's business to know about the Writers Guild strike. It it is her business Mm because she's in the industry. But also how could you not, especially living in LA like she does and being around the entertainment industry. And even though she's on a reality TV series, there would still be, like, she would be seeing the flow and effects from this. There's no way she doesn't know what's going on. And she is having to go past them. She's having to to walk through the picket line every day. If she's watching, looking at any of their signs and the fact that sometimes they're even chanting at her, she's, Mm -hmm. like, well aware. Exactly. I feel like she's put her foot in it by saying, I'm on the set and I have free time. If she's just like, hey, guys, what are you up to? And engaging in that way without saying she's working on a set. 
then people probably wouldn't have as big of a problem. I think it's likely that she didn't realise that that was going to blow up in the way that it does, but that is almost just as damning because it's like you need to kind of open your eyes and realise the entire industry right now is going through something immensely, immensely important and you're a part of it, now you're an actor. Yeah. (laughs) I just have to keep bringing that up. So you need to be across this. And she didn't reply to any of these comments. She just kind of engaged with fans as normal, was speaking about skims and business and all that sort of stuff. But I will be interested to see if this is something that she addresses maybe when they're doing promo for the show or, you know, it's going to kind of haunt the production, I think. Oh, yeah. And what I think is interesting is that, I mean, obviously our pilot on Kim Kardashian is pretty predictable and kind of boring at this stage. But I think also it maybe brought what was happening with the writers to the attention of people who maybe haven't exactly clocked what's going like they know there's protests that people are striking mm. but not realizing that their entire like entertainment industry very soon is about to fold in on itself and people aren't caring now but they're really going to care in a few months when there's no new TV shows coming out mm. and you know maybe the walking dead's not looking so bad then guys rerun because we're seeing it in our jobs quite a bit where mm. we're having interviews with actors who are not on strike but are who are kind of folded up in that not doing interviews at the moment in support of the writers. There's set visits that I was meant to go on that were coming up that are no longer happening because all the sets are shutting down. So we're seeing that now at the moment in our industry where all our access to talent, which is fair enough, like we totally support them, but all of our access to talent is drying up and people are refusing to do interviews because they're not filming. And so we're not seeing the ramifications on that yet on networks and streaming services, but it's only a matter of time before there is no new TV. So -hmm. people should care about this. It's just going to be a whole lot of rewatching Friends, I think. <laughs> and The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good news in the world of Blake Lively when it announced that after her taking a few years off from making movies, she has birthed four children and also, you know, has a whole drinks empire, Betty Buzz. It's not alcoholic oh, yeah. alcohol and all her... Sorry, Blake, I forgot about that. <sighs> Well, after her failed lifestyle site, I'm just rooting. I'm just rooting for this poor girl, this blonde movie you go, star. Blake, can you she go. just can she just get a break? <laughs> anyway, anyway, she landed a big role in a new movie. It was a very coveted role, a lot of attention around who was going to play it because it's the book to movie ad- adaptation of It Ends With Us, which has been a worldwide bestseller for many years. So It Ends With Us came out in 2016 and it's written by Colleen Hoover, who has written a number of best-selling books. TikTok made this book very famous. Mm-hmm. And when she wrote this book, it's based on a quite traumatic relationship that her parents had, and she's described it as the hardest book she's ever written. It's very beloved by fans. It's been on the bestseller list for many years, and the idea of who was going to play the main character of Lily was one of those roles in Hollywood where, you know, they kept seeing articles like, uh-huh. this person's being considered, this person's going to do it. People were making, like, fans were making lists of their dream casting and, like, putting their favourite actors into, like, pictures of the, like, you know, that kind it's of fandom. Talks, James Bond, it sounds like. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> So then it was announced that Blake Lively would be playing Lily. Hi, guys. Colleen Hoover here. Our Lily is going to be played by Blake Lively. Blake Lively, y'all. She's my dream Lily. And then when I first met Justin Baldoni, who is directing the film for It Ends With Us, I immediately wanted him to be Ryle. I just thought that he had what it takes to play that character. And... The good news is he's going to be Ryle. So we have our Ryle and our Lily. 
And then the backlash started. So before fans had seen anything about the novel or any kind of, you know, idea of what it was going to be because of their ages. So in real life, Blake Lively is 35, but the character Lily is 23. And Justin Baldoni is 39, whereas his character in the book is 30. So there was a lot of backlash that Blake Lively in particular, because it's always the woman, Mm -hmm. was drastically miscast and fans were very angry. Oh, God. I can't relate to this. I've never really had an issue with casting because I think, who am I to have an issue with casting? But, like, I think about it because I'm not huge on book talk. I read shitty romance from... Don't apologise for that. Romance is a very important genre. And so I don't typically have these sort of, like, big prestige films being made about the books that I like. It happens with biopics quite a bit as well, where, you know, if someone's playing a real-life character, often fans of that person will have a really strong reaction to the actor being cast. You know, it happened with Bohemian Rhapsody. It happened with Rocketman, all those sorts of things. And I just think, guys, we can't have a reaction over no information. We haven't seen anything. People are really, really quick to just jump into negative modes. And I'm like, chill out, everyone. Yeah, and while I don't think it's always the best thing for an author whose book is being adapted or for a director to constantly be responding to fan mm-hmm. backlash in the lead up to the movie coming out, Colleen Hoover, obviously, because she you know goes to a lot of writers' festivals, she's on a lot of panels, she's constantly getting interviewed. So, of course, the main thing that she's getting asked is, about the movie It Ends With Us and her thoughts on all the different controversies and backlash, which is fair enough. It's exactly the question I would ask her if I interviewed her too. And to the age thing, she actually said that it's not a mistake and it wasn't that they just desperately wanted Blake Lively and they're going to age her down by 10 years, is that she made a mistake when she first wrote the book by making the characters so young, which I thought was really interesting. I read it was because one of them's like a surgeon. A neurosurgeon? You can't have a neurosurgeon that young. (laughs) Yeah, because she said when she was first writing the book, the idea of a new adult genre of books was really popular. I don't know if you remember this when it came out, the idea that like so many adults were reading young adult novels, which is still the case. Like statistically more adults Mm -hmm. read young adult novels than young adults because young adults read adult novels because they're mature and so they don't worry about regressing. And so the idea was to start this whole new genre that would sit between new adult and adult for kind of more like, you know, 18, 19 kind of college age in America. And so they were kind of on the older end of that. So she made Lily 23 and Ryle 30. But then she was like saying in the interview that he's a neurosurgeon at 30 and it just makes he's no sense. He's been in school his whole life. Yeah. I mean, she's like, there's no 20-something neurosurgeons roaming around, mm-hmm. even if they're like child prodigies and they've, you know, studied and they've like skipped years of school. It just makes no sense to the plot. And she can't go back and change the book now because it's been in print for so long. But they can change the movie and it makes much more sense that they would be in their mid-30s to early 40s. And the doesn't change the relationship dynamic between them too much. So there was that. Now there's also a lot of backlash around the costumes and just the general look and feel of the movie. And this is so funny that we're watching TikTok as a platform, which is like kind of the platform that made this book so popular through BookTok, now being the thing that is ripping it apart because a lot of filming is happening in public spaces. There's a lot of paparazzi photos of Blake Lively in particular, and people are losing their minds at her outfits. So she's got like quilt-inspired printed pants and jackets, really baggy camouflage pants tucked into combat boots, a pair of pants that have two waistbands. TikTok did not like that (laughs) at all. And now they're saying that this is like people are talking about boycotting the movie because of Blake Lively's costumes. 
Okay, so I know that, you know, especially when you're filming in New York City, for example, it's a busy place. There's always going to be people that can see it and can take photos. You never had TikTok in the past. So even if there were set photos from, you know, various movies or whatever, people would have to go seek them out in order to find them. But now you're having these pictures come up on your TikTok algorithms and that sort of thing. And I'm just team we shouldn't be seeing this many set photos before we have any context to the sets. Although, having said that, there is no justification for these outfits. I don't care what the context is. They are a crime towards fashion and a crime towards Blake Lively, just personally. Yeah, but I also think that she's probably the one who really pushed for this because we know that after playing that she, just a bit of Blake Lively film history, is that she never wanted to play Serena Vanderwoods and they had to talk her into it. And she's very, still to this day, quite embarrassed about that character. Although she should be. That was a great character. Yeah, that just, was a great show. Serena. Yeah, 100%. It just It is what it is. It's just a sappy, easy watch. No one's expecting you to like break the acting barriers. But she says that she feels like she was only playing a caricature and the fact that people associate her with Serena Vanderwoods and still upsets her. And even though Blake Lively herself is a very fashion person, I think she hates that her biggest role is just linked to look how beautiful she is and how great her clothes are instead of look at what a great actor she is. So she's chosen a lot of roles since then where she gets the classic kind of make under. Mm. You know, like every beautiful actress when they win an Oscar, they get a make under. Yeah, she's true. really veering into that way. So I feel like maybe she's one of the people who's really pushing for this character to be dressed so different to Blake Lively so that people aren't just saying it's another Blake Lively movie where she looks beautiful and she's got beautiful clothes. That's true. And that is a really good point that often, you know, we have to uglify yeah. our hot actresses to take them seriously. But I'm sorry, these photos, it's not working because the outfits are distracting. No pants should have two waistbands. Like, that's just a general rule. <laughs> well, we just, this is what I think about and just like that, which I know so, like shows like that, that film in New York and yeah. watching the filming and seeing the paparazzi photos over the decades has become such a big part of like the mythology around the show. And in some cases it can build excitement. But I think in this case, you're right, we shouldn't be this idea of getting drip fed a movie Mm. for so long before it comes out that no one's going into this movie now just watching it and giving it a chance. And I think also like it's almost this cautionary tale now for actors who are taking on these really iconic book roles because sometimes it works out for them, like uh, Jennifer Lawrence playing Katniss where people now love her in that role equally as they do the books. But then for every Jennifer Lawrence, there's an Anne Hathaway. It's always <laughs> in poor one Anne day. Hathaway. I know people hated her playing that book, and she later apologized and said that she didn't realize how much the book was beloved and how important that character was, and the fact that she wasn't right for the role because she's not English, and her accent's terrible. And she kind of carried around the stigma and shame from that for a long time. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen to Blake Lively, who just wants to be seen as a serious actress. Well, we can't say when It Ends With Us is coming out because, like everything else, it has been shut down due to the writer's strike. We'll keep you updated when that goes back into production. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. If you want to let us know your thoughts on today's topics or anything that we cover here on The Spill just generally, feel free to DM us on Instagram or send an email to thespill at mamamia.com.au. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick with audio production by Scott Stronick. Our executive producer is Gia Moylan. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on the Spill Instagram. Bye. Bye.